in the name of the loving, life-giving, and liberating God, who is Blessed Trinity. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. This Sunday, the Gospel is from the end of Jesus' parting speeches to the disciples before the Last Supper. As is typical of John, the language is convoluted and repetitive, meaning that the ideas are more likely to stick in your mind than the actual phrases. The idea that we're going to focus on today is that of the world. When we read this passage aloud only once, it's easy to come away with a negative vision of the world and thus to think that Jesus is advocating this negative vision of the world. In fact, the Gospel of John is where we get the oft-repeated phrase, be in the world but not of the world, a phrase which to me communicates to us a feeling of being trapped in the world where we do not belong. But I think Jesus' relationship with the world and thus our relationship with the world is much more nuanced and complex. If we look closely at the text and listen to it in the light of the body of the whole scripture, we may find that our negative feelings towards this amorphous concept of the world are bleeding into areas that shouldn't be marred by negativity. We may find that even if we do not somehow belong to the world, we are called to the world. The last statement that Jesus makes in this passage about the world is this, as you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Speaking of the disciples. Jesus was sent into the world to be one with humanity. We think of this rightly as a condescension, a lowering of God's self to interact with us on our own level, but this is in no way negative. In the same way that a parent might get down on one knee to talk to a child face to face, God sent Jesus to talk to us face to face. God knelt down in the person of Jesus because that is how we needed to be met. In addition, we're reading from the Gospel of John. And as many of us have been taught, John 3.16 states, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. And Jesus says, as you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. God sent Jesus into the world out of an abundance of love for the world. Just as God sent Jesus in love, so is Jesus sending us in love. Whatever we might feel about the brokenness of the world, God's attitude towards the world is that of love. And this should not surprise us. God is our creator. God created the world, every plant, animal, human being upon it. Of course God moves towards the world in love and calls us to do the same. I spoke of Jesus' final statement first to give us an appropriate backdrop on which to hear Jesus' other statements about the world in this passage, because from here, his statements about the world feel much more negative to us. 
Jesus also says, they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. If we take this at face value, then we arrive again at the popular statement, in the world, but not of the world. We might feel as though because we do not belong to the world, we are therefore trapped in this world, where people constantly misunderstand each other, where terrible things happen every day, where we feel like we have no control over society's values or even how we live our own lives. These feelings can be overwhelming, and we might be tempted to say a little prayer of thanksgiving. Thank you, God, that this is not my home. Yes, and though Jesus says here that we do not belong to the world, Jesus also says that we have been sent to the world. We are not trapped. We are sent. And the thing that allows us to feel sent rather than trapped is to think of our very real relationships and all the relationships that exist beyond us. There is some portion of the world that is broken. The kingdom of God, after all, is already and not yet. Jesus proclaimed the kingdom of God when he came, but we're also still waiting for its fulfillment. Until God makes anew our heavens and our earth, we will groan together for God's good order. But until that time, the world was still created good. The people of the world are still the children of God, and we, with the plants and the animals and the earth itself, are still God's creation. And remember that Jesus became human with us. Our humanity was not rejected. So when Jesus says that he does not belong to the world, he is not rejecting us. There is something else at work. The next statement Jesus makes is this. The world has hated them because they do not belong to the world. This statement feels personal. This statement calls to mind any time that we have felt attacked, and often there is a person behind that attack. There are times when we feel like the world is against us, but if we take the time to look, often we'll find a person who is simply trying to do what they think is right. Some people may act out of ignorance or selfish, selfishness, or more often, a wound that has marred them. But many people are just trying to make the world a better place, and our values and vision for what that looks like in the world come into conflict. There may be many points of view that align with a worldly, finite, time-bound image of the kingdom. Jesus instead calls us to God's vision of the kingdom, but we're still human short-sighted on many levels, and can still draw different conclusions about what God's kingdom is like. And so here I want to pause for a minute and think about Judas. We have only harsh words for Judas today in our readings, even in the words attributed to Jesus. But having read the rest of scripture, I can only believe that Jesus' ultimate wish for Judas is for restoration. Jesus tells us to love our enemies. And who is more personal enemy than one who has betrayed us? 
I think that Judas, like us, was acting in the way that he thought best. He was taken over by some set of worldly concerns, distracted from the kingdom of God for long enough to betray Jesus. We do see deep remorse from him in the way that he dies. It does not seem to play out for Judas the way he thought that it would. So when we think of how the world hates us, I want us to think of Judas, who was a close friend of Jesus, who did a terrible thing, who felt deep pain in the aftermath. We must not let worldly concerns cloud the humanity of those who hurt us. We need God's eyes to see the humanity behind the harm being done, to love that person even after they have hurt us, or to allow our love to keep us from hurting them in return. God so loved the world that he sent Jesus, and Jesus so loved the world that he sent us. Love is the antidote to our pain. The final statement I want us to hear comes towards the beginning. Jesus says, and now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. This past Thursday was the Feast of the Ascension, a feast that marks the time when Jesus ascended into heaven 40 days after his resurrection. Jesus' ascension is marked by exhortations to us to continue the good work that he has begun. And this is how we should read this passage in John. As Teresa of Avila reminds us, Jesus has no feet in the world but ours, no hands but ours, no body but ours. We have not been sentenced to a life of toil on a hostile world. We have been called to a life of love for all of God's creation. We have been changed. We look different from the world around us. But that means that God's love should draw us all the more to reach out and draw others into the great love of God. We're not here biding our time, waiting for heaven, but praying and working continually to share the good news that God's kingdom and God's desire is for the flourishing of the nations. No longer are we bound to sin and death. No longer are we stuck in cycles of hurt feelings, pain, and conflicting values. We are called to walk together in God's love and to love God's own creation. We are not trapped in this world. We are sent to it. We now rejoice in the abundance of the love of God who heals our brokenness and makes us one. Amen.